Hello, and good morning, good evening, whatever time of day you may be listening to this. Welcome to the first Absolute Gaming Podcast. Um, today, you will be hearing from myself, the Ashkoina 9, and I've also got in the studio with me, Jaminator. Evening, Ash. Evening, Joby. Evening. Oh. And, well, he's just giving away the other person, <laughs> Joby1. Surprise, surprise. Hello. Alright guys. Evening, evening. Right, on the podcast today we're going to be talking a little bit about the Fantasy League and what we've seen so far in the opening few games of the season and the transfer market. Uh, We're going to be looking at what we've seen in the World Cup so far um, and looking ahead towards England's chances on uh, Monday and in the competition in general. And finally we're going to wrap up with E3 which of course has been this week. We've seen a number of games be revealed and all the com- big conferences. Um, so we'll be finishing off with that. Sounds so, perfect. we start with the Fantasy League. So, we'll have a look at, little look at the two leagues first. Um, so in the Premiership, is uh, is a really strong division. Um, most people have played four games already. Uh, myself, I top the league at the moment with four wins and four played four wins. Ooh. And we've got Danger Mouse in second. I think we've got to talk about you, Ash. I think, I think we do. I think, you. I've had a... I think we need to start with you, Ash. You're top of the league. Played four, won yeah. four. You've only conceded four goals and you've scored 15. Adebayor, he's, he's been on four yes. for you. But my, my, what I've got here is you beat Paul Lowe's 6-1. Now, that's a good score. Yes, I did. And that's a good yes. early, early score for you. And that's going to yes. pave the way for your season, I think, personally. Yes, how I've done play? very well against Paul, to be honest. Um, I've had games against Paul in the past, and they've been really, really tough. You know, maybe being really early on um, in terms of team ratings, it suited me a little bit better than maybe it does with him. Um, but I've just managed to play the way I wanted to, um, and I've managed to do that really across the whole season so far, um, which has been really, really nice, so especially in the league anyway. Um, Adebayor has been immense for me up front. Um, he, he's top goal scorer, and I'm hoping I can keep that that record going and keep him firing on all cylinders as we head towards the uh, the midway point and towards the end of the season, really. So hopefully it continues. But there's some really tough opponents in this league: um, Aaron, Belonga, Subs. Um, and that's it just to name a, a few. League. All of them are strong. He's league. incredibly yeah, strong. All of them are in the top league for a reason, you know. So there's a long way to go. There's a lot of games left to be played, but early signs have been really, really promising. I mean, thinking about Aaron think as well, since, since you mentioned him as well. I mean, obviously we've seen a phenomenal amount of goals come from his games. I mean, we're talking five at the front, five at the back, none in midfield. It's just going for it every single game. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been a breath of fresh air to watch some of his results come in, really. Yeah, yeah. And with some of the players he's got at his disposal too, um, you know, players like Pulisic, yeah. uh, Dumbia, yeah, I mean, he's been uh, ripping it up. Walker. And, you know, he's just uh, he's just secured a deal today for Vieto as well. So he's not short of attacking options. Vieto, um, I think, could be one for him. I mean, it's the same with you and Adebayo. I think Vieto will be... He'll be up. Do you think that's a good fit? Charts. I think that's a good fit with Aaron. 
Um, he, oh, he's obviously old school. I remember him back in the day when he was unbeatable. Um, and I think he can still get there. He'll be up, up there. When, when you've got a decent player with a strong striker, like Ash, Adeboy or Aaron, with someone like Vieto, it's going to be hard to beat. No, I think that's a, a real valid For point sure. as well. And I think when you talk about sort of the top of the table, you equally have to talk about the bottom of the table, which unfortunately is where I find myself at the moment. Um, <laughs> four games, one point, which was uh, was fantastic. Consequently, against Aaron as well in a, a 3-3, where, again, if I'm being totally honest, you, didn't um, really deserve it. What do you think's gone wrong? What do you think's not gone right so far? Well, I mean, when I first started in the league, I, I started off with a, a spine of Premier League players, Pickford, Winston Reid, um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and then Ian Acho up front. Um, out of those, the only one who actually remains is, is Loftus-Cheek. Um, maybe a little bit of bad trading on my part, a bit of bad transfers here and there. Um, soon to be rectified, hopefully, yeah. with today's live auctions ongoing now. Um, but um, yes. but I mean it's it's yes. it's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. I've not had the easiest of starts. I've had the pleasure of playing yourself, Ash, as well as Aaron. Who personally, I mean, I've got written down in front of me now that <laughs> they're my two picks for the number one and two spot in any order this season. I think Ash, Ash and Aaron yeah. definitely going to come top of the league just in one or two spot. I'm not quite sure which one. I don't know what you think about that, Joby. I mean, I'd, I'd completely agree with you. I've got Ash and Aaron to come first and second, and I think it'll be Ash and Aaron that will come first and second. Um, I've, I've played a lot of... I've played subs, um, lost 3-1, but subs is another tough player to play. Um, he seems to get in... The, all of his goals against me were, I wouldn't say lucky goals, but they were bog-standard tapping goals. My goalkeeper was... <laughs> Awful, to be honest. Every goal, every goal was fumbled. I'd say um, that's why I've, I've now bought in Aspina, got him in. Um, he's been doing a good job for me, but um, yeah. So I mean, I, I think Ash and Aaron will be one and two. As yeah, for the rest, good I think we're going to fight between ourselves. Everyone's going to fight to stay up. I think that's probably <laughs> probably a good, well, good shout. There's a long way to go left of the season. Yes, um, that's the Premiership. We'll have a quick little look at the Championship as well. Um, a lot of new players in the uh, in the Championship that have come in. Uh, Bob Bank, uh, Sofa, Bertie, Red Rhino. At the moment, it is a uh, it's an AG veteran that leads the uh, that leads the division with Big B. Uh, he's played four, won three, and lost one. Um, he's on nine points. Geordie Crawford. Another player who's been here a little while. Uh, he is in second. And it's Bob Bank in third at the moment. Um, with Soggy, Chad and Wince in the playoff places. And then there's Sofa, Bertie, Storm and Rhino. I mean, Storm's only played two. I would confidently say, yes, and yes. He'll, he'll probably not, not forgive me for saying it, but I would confidently say that Rhino has found his position within the league's AG setup. I think he's going to stay down in the uh, the bottom Half probably not venture far away from the bottom position of, of, of <laughs> Although, the championship. Looking, to be honest, looking at the t- players, uh, I mean, he played he played Bry Big B at the top, True. and um, he lost four nil and four two. So that could be the hardest game for him out the way. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, for me, yeah. I mean, looking at the championship again, yeah, possibly. I, I would say for me, my, my pick is Big B based on the fact I've played him played him in the Challenge Cup. Um, his, uh, his striker, Bafuma, if I'm pronouncing that right, absolutely lethal. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Pace to burn, great finishing, scored a cracking volley the other night uh, on a stream uh, game as well. Um, and my, my yeah. pick for sort of second place or, or first place to challenge Big B um, would actually be Nuince as well. Um, a real tricky, tricky player. When I've played him, he's, uh, he's very difficult sure. to break down. Um, a lot of men behind the ball, breaks quickly. Um, and I think I played him maybe four or five times in a row, having a few uh, pre-season friendlies. And I think maybe we've got one win and that was it. So definitely one to watch. For sure. If, and we talk has, on the... It's going to be uh, open. It's going to be, it's going to be so open. And also, definitely. going back to Rhino, I know this will pop up later on, but he, the other person he played was Soggy Cabbages. So, <laughs> and we all know the issue yes. that went on there, but we'll chat about that a bit later. Yes, but, we all. But so I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep a bit the, of a uh, bit of positivity for for Rhino there, but obviously he is bottom of the league, and that's we we can only go by the stats yes. at the moment. So, well, the yes, table no, table does not a long lie. way to go, and it certainly doesn't. No, that's very true. But there's a long way to go in the league. We talked a little bit on the uh, the subject of the CC. Um, we'll have a quick little look at the CC now. Most of the games have now been played, and I, I, I tell you what, there's been some real shocks in this uh, in this CC so far. So obviously the groups are broken down into the top two going into the elite groups, and the third and fourth going into the commoners group, with fifth place going out. So from Group 1, which has had all its games played, really well done to everyone in that group for getting that done so quickly. We have yourself, Jam and Bry going into the Elite group, with Sofa and Tans going into the Commoners group. From Group 2, we've then got Malian and Joby going into the Elite group, and Aaron and Bob Bank going into the Commoners group. I'll be very open and honest, I'm very surprised to see Aaron go out into the Commoners group and not the elite group. Um, you know, there's a couple of results that didn't go his way. He, he scored 13 goals in the CC, but he also conceded 13 goals. So I think defence has been a little bit leaky for him um, in that group stage, and obviously that's really cost him um, in getting that elite spot. Well, I mean, group three, 100%, just quickly uh, on that we as have... well, Ash. Um, sorry to interrupt, but one of the standout performances from that, that group in particular was actually Soggy Cabbages against Aaron. Um, it was a high score draw, yeah. you know, and again, you've got the perfect thing there of defence versus attack. And at that time round, it ended up being level. So possibly what's cost him there is his sort of cavalier attitude. Yes. Yeah, possibly. Um, it's very surprising. I'll be very honest, very surprised to see Aaron go into the commoners. But with that being said, I would now fully expect him to go and He's win He's going to be favourite now, isn't he? Yeah, very much so. Uh, from Group 3, it will be myself and Subs. I believe that we'll go up. Um, it's not completely confirmed yet because there's a couple of fixtures that are still waiting to be played. Um, but I hope to think that I've done enough to get into that elite spot. Uh, this was despite a, a 9-3 hammering from Subs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, but, went, uh, what happened there? It's, uh, a lot went... Uh, a lot went against them, against us. Um, I think he, Subs is a very tricky player and he's a very skilled player. And once he gets those players that he's after, he, he can be really, really lethal. And, well, nine goals doesn't really tell you anything else. Mm. Um, there's been a couple of games in that group that have been really, really tricky, I would say, from my perspective. Uh, Wince, Wince is a difficult one. You know, you spoke earlier about Wince, who was going to be a... A tricky one for that second division. Um, 
but he was very he was a very tricky player to get anything off um, in that group. And uh, Bertie and Rhino, I managed to get my style of play going the way I wanted to and managed to open up quite good score lines on them. Um, but it'll be interesting to to see. Um, I mean, Red Rhino, who's currently bottom, could still actually qualify for the Commoners group. Um, <laughs> so it's not there's still happen. stuff to it's not be happen, played boys. in that group. <laughs> we'll wait and see. I have faith in you, Rhino, mate. Don't listen to Jam. I have faith in you. I mean, at least you'll, and then go, we look you'll, at group... you'll go dif- your goal difference is all right. You, you should, you and Sub should be up. You know, so I think so. I think I think so. Think, well, there's a. Two, but, I think you two are qualified. Yeah, there, I mean, it's a 14 goal difference between me and third. So I'd like to think that it, it will be all right, um, unless a proper freak result happens. But we wait. We wait and see. Which has happened actually, and there's been some mental results. The amount of goals. I was chatting with Tans about it yesterday, and he's, he's pretty much it's a cup. Go for the win. Go for the win. Well, that's what he did yeah, against yeah. me. I mean, I think it was three uh, nil in the first half against me and Tans uh, to myself, and then he went all out attack and, and made no bones about it. I ended up winning seven two, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. it's yeah, like yeah. I say, you know, you can you've got them better players, you can catch people on the counter attack, and that seems to be what's happened. Especially again in your your uh, game against subs, you know. I've played you myself. I've played subs. Both very similar players. In in the fact, you like to go forward. It's always going to be a high-scoring game, and the fact that it's a cup and it's a one-off makes it that mo- bit more special. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Sorry, the microphone went off there. Group four. <laughs> it is the group we're currently still waiting on some games to be played. You've got Belonga. Paul, Storm, Chad, and Mike. I danger, I mouse. Um, Let's break it down. Then, to see we? who will go up from that group. Yeah, it seems it's we've really got, we've, going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see because I think in, uh, I think it's going to be, I think Belonga's going to be up there. I mean, he's a good player. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be one of the top two. Um, but I yeah. reckon there could be a shock. I mean, I reckon, I reckon Chad might do it. Yeah, mm, maybe. Really? I mean, I. I Danger I Mouse won the club league last year. Um, he's a very good player. I think he surprised a lot of people uh, last season in the leagues. So he's another player that could also be up there um, with Paul and Belonga. And I, I honestly don't know. I think it's a very open group. I'd be very difficult. Look to, group I, of death, really, I couldn't tell it? you who would go up. Because I think Belonga, Belonga on his day is very good, but on his day he can also be really poor. Yeah. Um, it really just depends what what players turn up on what days. Um, it's uh, it's going to be interesting, that's for certain, to see who goes up into the elite group and who goes into the commoners group. Um, I couldn't call any of that at the moment, but no, I think we're waiting. We I think you're right. I think I think at the end of the day, it's it's a cup competition. Anything can happen. I think we can. We can safely say that. Um, I don't know what you guys think. I, I'm happy to move on to transfers now. Obviously, we've had quite a few big yep, transfers yep, already transfers. in this sort of, you know, four yep. fixtures in. Um, I mean, Very again, some so. of the ones I've got written down myself, uh, two involving my, well, three involving myself, actually. Thank you very much, Del Boy. Del Boy's on the case. Um, sort of, you know, <laughs> Ross, Ross Barkley, newly signed as of today, 30 million Scudo. Big, big buy. Yeah, big deal with that. Um, Nabil Bentelev leaving at the same day, 25 million back in the kitty. Um, yeah. And then the, the other sort yeah. of two down from that, um, Vitinho and Ian Acho, both going for 20 million respectively. I think, you know, big money banded around there, especially this early on. 
Yeah, very much so. Um, you look at some of the players that have gone, some very big, and another deal that's gone through um, today, literally Patrick Roberts. Mm, yeah, good prospect. From uh, Rhino to yourself, Joby. Yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been looking at him for a while now, and I've, um, I, I need a, a decent winger, I think, because the way I play, I play quite counter-attacking football. Um, I've always played it. I've played it since... I started playing FIFA. It's just the way I play. I, I soak up the pressure. I soak up the pressure, and then I break. So I need a few, a couple of nippy wingers um, to go with my my striker Martinez. And obviously, 75, 80 minutes, my first transfer of the season. Peter Crouch, he's gonna, he will score. Yeah. He will score. He hasn't scored yet. <laughs> I'm pretty guaranteed he's he will score by the end of the season. Um, Funnily so. enough, he was one of the other ones I had written down. Peter Crouch. Going for a, a not small sum of amount, seven million, and uh, the other one who was in the category of possible ones to watch was Lord Bentner going for eight million. Two very uh, big blasts from the past there. Lord Bentner. Lord Bentner. <laughs> yeah. Legend. Yeah. Yeah. Some big deals that have gone through there. I think another um, one as well. We'll is, talk a little bit about the beer. Can, can we talk to Jermaine Defoe? Okay, I tried to sign. I signed Crouch. I wanted to get Defoe. How many clubs has he played yeah. for? I think he's been in, what, four or five clubs? <laughs> Lost Everywhere. count. Did he, did he start Lost off at, I think he started off at Red, went to Danger, and now he's with Chad. Red wouldn't sign him, sell him yeah. to me. I think he went with a, a swap deal with Danger, and then Danger Mouse signed, sell, sold him to Chad. And then I think Chad's, I don't know whether he's keeping him or whether he's trying to plug him on, but I mean, he's definitely, uh, he's been in enough clubs so far since there's been four games played. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's very similar yeah, to real life, similar. you know. He's quite a journeyman in real life, isn't he? You know, he's, uh, what, Spurs, Portsmouth, Sunderland, you know, some of those twice as well. He's been been around quite a lot. And just a quick one, completely unfantasy related, which I know we're going to talk real life soon, but big congrats to Jermaine Defoe for his OBE as well. Fantastic work that he did with, uh, with Bradley uh, yeah, Lowry as well. So. Definitely uh, deserves Absolutely. that. Yeah, definitely deserves that. that. Yeah, that's for sure. Um We'll just have a quick little look at some of the BFA prices that have, uh, and the BFAs that we've had over the last few weeks. So, I mean, uh, quite a few of them have not gone for an awful lot of money. Um, Storm spent really big on the last BFA. He did, yeah. All, he uh, stole someone off the Leaked the, uh, the centre-back, um, which I think is a very good buy for him. Um, a couple of others that stand out. Mbambu from uh, Immortal Tans. Yeah. 27, 27 million. million, yeah. You know, so some big money. Twenty-seven million for there. a right back as well. That's a that's a big big amount of money. Yeah, that's for sure. Very much for sure. Um, and of course, we've got the BFA that's tonight. Some good players in there. There is some very um, good players in there. You know, be interesting to see what sort of figures get thrown about um, tonight. There is some big It'll big be, um, prices. I've just had a look over, and there's some uh, some big. Big money being thrown about. Should we also talk about Lookman as well? Going for nothing yes, to no absolutely one. absolutely zero to nobody. Big surprise, that one. Can you that believe That was it? a very big surprise. Very big surprise, that. That's for sure. I don't think that will um, happen again. I think he's... I don't think it will. I think he's a very good player and it was, uh, it was a bit of a... <laughs> A bit of a shame that no one got him. Um, in all honesty, he, he's that sort of player that I think would, um, you know, really do well in someone's team. And yeah, madness. It is <laughs> absolute it is. madness. It is. It's crazy. I mean, 
for me, I think obviously that one as well, it, it sort of set a precedent that will never happen again. And that's the fact that, you know, we will never, ever see now a blind auction. Everybody will put at least, you know, one scooter on it because why would you risk it? You know, you could have sort of one yeah, of yeah. England's best youth prospects for absolutely nothing, really, you know, in the grand scheme of things. To be it's, fair, it's definitely worth it. I can't understand why nobody did that anyway. Why did all mm. 20 of us not go, we might as well just put a scooter on all of them, you know? Mm. I didn't even think that to think that nobody would actually bid on him. So, not that I wanted him, I didn't really want him, but I didn't think that no one would want him. Mm. I mean, just one quick thing to add on this as well before we move on from the BFAs. Um, completely live, brought to you here on our first pilot podcast. They have just finished. Um, we'll wait for the official results to come in, but we will uh, sort of read them out as and when they turn up, I think, just because it'll be quite interesting to see, as you said, what sort of crazy figures have been bandied around. For sure. For sure. Okay. So, obviously, World Cup started yesterday. Um, we've seen four game. We've seen three games so far. Uh, we're just in the middle of the fourth one now. We've seen Russia win 5-0 against Saudi Arabia. We've seen Uruguay win 1-0 against Egypt. We've seen Iran win 1-0 against Morocco. And Portugal are currently 2-1 up against Spain. Um what do we think of um, what do we think of the results so far, Joby? We'll start with you. I mean, I started the. I put a bet on Saudi Arabia to win two one. So there was my first mistake. I thought you were going to say to win the World Cup. Then. No, no, no. The commentators were building up, saying this is the worst Russia team that they've seen for years. Um, if they were had to qualify properly, there'd be no way that they qualify. And I thought, do you know what? Nobody fancies them. Saudi Arabia, all right, they're not the greatest team in the world, but I reckon they could sneak a 2-1, 5-0 to Russia. I mean, and the goals were good. They played well. The goals mm, were good. They were. I mean, I don't yeah, know what do no, you definitely. guys think. Well, it was, a, yeah, go on, it was a very good start. Okay. It was a very good start for Russia. I think a lot of people were expecting them to struggle, I think. And, well, what a way to open up the uh, open up the World Cup, a 5-0 win. Um, I don't think, or at least for a long time, a home nation that has opened the World Cup has scored that many goals on the first day. I don't think a home nation have ever and lost, have they? No. Some of the goals were terrific. I don't think so. Someone would have to... Um, to check that but I think, I, I, I think, I think that's have. what I heard yesterday I think that's, I think that's what I heard um, no host nation has ever lost their opening game so there's a lot of pressure on Russia they're, they're not favourites to yes. do anything I mean well I mean like you said as well you know worst to... worst Russian team even the Russian media were saying it was the worst Russian team they'd ever seen you know they've had to drag a 39 year old centre back in Ignashevich you know out of retirement exactly. to play you know and it's just it, They've what? It's been about a decade since, you know, has it been about eight years or so, ten years since they were announced they were going to be having the World Cup? You'd think somewhere along the line, yeah. you know, a Brazilian, a Portuguese, a Spanish, you know, one of these players would have a Russian passport slipped into their uh, rucksack, you know, that gets to uh, improve that squad a little bit, but it just didn't <laughs> yeah. quite happen. Um, on, on the Russian no. game yesterday, I mean, for me, the, the two absolute standouts, Cherishev's Outside of the left foot ping from outside the box, absolutely splendid goal. Um, proper sort of lit, yeah, the, uh, lit the tournament. Reminded me a lot of, um, now I'm going to butcher his name, but at the South African World Cup, 
when is it Tshabalala or something like that scored for scored for South yeah. Africa yeah. with that thunderbolt. You know, again, it just lit the country alight, and I can imagine what it'd have been like in some of them bars in Russia last night. It'd have been absolutely mental. Um, well, I think that's the important thing. I mean, it's, it's, that's now lit up the tournament. If, if Russia would have lost, it, they'd have been on a downer. The, the fact that they won 5 0, well, even the fact that they won, but they won 5 0, the tournament is now blown, you know, it's up and it's ready and it's going. Everyone's partying and everyone's happy, apart from obviously Saudi Arabia, but I, don't, I think they, was, they were expecting it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've, no, you've, you've got sure. to consider as well. I mean, again, Ash, I know you're an Arsenal fan, linked with Golovin in recent weeks and two assists and a free kick goal. I mean, it's not a bad performance, especially considering he was the, uh, you know, the sort of the, the, the wonder kid, almost the Neymar last, last World Cup of this tournament. Um, big, big pressure on his shoulders yeah. and he seemed to do quite well. Yeah. Yes, no, I think he's a he's one of the Russia's best, better players. Golovin than he has been for a little while um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in that group eh? um, obviously Russia have now got the um, the upper hand, they play, they play Egypt next, uh, that's on Tuesday uh, Tuesday evening so they could secure qualification Tuesday evening to the, you know, the next round um, which would be a big surprise if you asked me at the start of the uh, World Cup who I thought would go through out of that group it would have been Uruguay and Egypt Really? Um, I think so. And I think because Uruguay have got the players, you know, you've got Suarez, Cavani, um, Torreira's been one of their better players of the recent international era as well. Um, and obviously Egypt have got Mo Salah. Obviously, I know it was a bit touch and go whether he would start today after obviously the Champions League final. Um, but if you ask me at the start, I honestly thought it was going to be Uruguay and Egypt. But... It's going to be an interesting game for Tuesday, that's for sure. It really will. I mean, looking at the uh, the games today, obviously, you know, in that group, Uruguay and Egypt, absolute heartbreak for Egypt if you consider what happened. You know, no Salah, you know, a bunch of, you know, it sounds horribly um, sort of ostentatious, but, you know, a bunch of nobodies essentially playing against Uruguay. And I thought they played really well. You know, they yeah. pressed Uruguay every time. Cavani and Suarez couldn't get going until the last few, uh, last few etches of the game. Um, and then to lose lose like that, it's it's heartbreaking. It really is. Mo Salah's yeah. face at the end of that as well. Oh, he looked like he was going to cry for him, wasn't it? Yeah, mm. absolutely heartbreaking for him. Yeah. Yeah. Personally, I no, think I think sure. they should have brought him on for the last fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Once, once, but I'm I mean, sure he'll get a run out on Tuesday. Once the sure Egypt used their third sub, it's like Uruguay thought. Well. He's not coming on now. Let's start playing. I mean, it, it, uh, you know, it, yeah. it could be their thinking. You know, it could be. You know, we'll, we'll save him for um, Russia. We'll save him for the uh, um, who's the other team? Sorry, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, we'll save him for Saudi Arabia. We'll save him for Russia. We'll get six points and, and we'll go through yeah. to the next stage. You know, and that that could be in their thinking. But after that Russian performance, I mean, I know it was Saudi Arabia, but you can't take any chances. I think he needs to be playing. He needs to be trying to score goals. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, just talking on the World Cup, obviously, England, England start on Monday. Um, what are we thinking? What are the predictions? Uh, and where do we think we'll get to, Jam? Well, I mean, we we obviously had a bit of a chat before we started recording this podcast the, the other night, and we we talked about it. And um, for me, 
I've got written down in front of me quarterfinals. Now, quarterfinals for me is an absolute watershed moment. If we get to the quarterfinals and if everything happens as it should do, we're predicted to play either uh, Germany or Brazil. Now, either one of those teams, we are not expected to beat. I think we're all in agreement of that. Now, should we beat them? There's no reason and there's no excuses that we shouldn't go on and win the World Cup. Now, that, I know that sounds ridiculous, but for me, I think if we can beat Brazil, we can beat Germany. There's no one else better, really, in the tournament. Now, if we lose to one of those in the quarterfinal, I think everybody in the entire nation would consider that, again, you know, it, it's one of those things, you know, we're not expected to beat them. It's a win-win, it's a free hit. Get to the quarterfinal and we'll take it from there. Anything for me, personally, less than quarterfinal, I, I would be a bit disappointed, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I'll, I'll be happy yeah, with Joe that. Be... But I mean, I personally and myself, the way that England are at the moment, they seem so calm. They seem so like Southgate seems calm. The players seem calm. The media, which has surprised me the most, haven't kicked off. They've not made, you know, there's no negativity about, which is rare. I think uh, a big tournament for England. There's such a good calmness, and I think the players are happy. And finally, we've got an England squad at a World Cup um, that are based on their performances of the last season and not based on their reputation. We all knew Gerard and Lampard could not play together, but yet <laughs> their reputation and that they were the two best midfielders in England, <laughs> yeah. they just picked them all the time together and they just could not play together. Now we've got players that are young, they're hungry, they're going to wear their heart on their sleeve and I think we could surprise. I reckon we, I reckon we could. I can't see why we couldn't go on and win it with the way that Harry Kane's playing. Oh, the, cool. the way that that you know, I mean, I mean, is Sterling's this not, is this not typical of, of us one. England fans? You know, I mean, I, I appraise you for what you're saying there, Joey. But I think I, I, I've got to admit, I don't think we'll win it. I don't believe we'll win it. I would love us to win it, obviously, but I just can't see it happening. I really can't. Sterling's one for me. No. If, if he plays well then we're on to a winner. But if he has one of them games where he can't control the ball, he can't pass, he shoots, he goes over the bar, he's just beating himself up, Sterling is going to be the one man to make or break us, I believe. And then Harry Kane, we know he can do the business. I'm hoping Rashford gets runs out because I think he could he could come on and change a game just like that. But it, it's, it, it depends what, which team, who they're going to pick. I mean... I'm guessing we're going to think Pickford's going to be number one. I think he's been handed the number one. So I'm guessing he's going to be. I'm guessing I think he's going to be number one. I think he'll start. He deserves it. Which in my I, I personally, I think it, I would have picked him as well. Um, what, what, yeah. what, what sort of a team do you think they'll 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 put out in their first game? I'll let you answer that one, Ash. Well, go on, Ash. Well, I think they'll obviously they'll. Uh, I think Pickford will get the number one spot. Um, it's going to be interesting, and it's really it's going to be interesting to see who plays where. Obviously, we expect Harry Kane to start, um, and hopefully he can start off to a firing form um, and get us the goals. And uh, we want to be qualifying as you know as group winners. And you, you look at that group, and you would expect them to. Well, the difference um, as well, just on that as you, well, the difference is you qualify as group winners. You likely you get Senegal. You qualify as group runners-up, you get Colombia. Now, 
the the difference yeah. is obviously mesmeric. You know, I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. You've got you know Sadio Mane playing for Senegal, but I mean, after that, who else is going to trouble us? What Denver Bar? You know, whereas Colombia, yeah. Colombia, you've got <laughs> Rodriguez, you've got Falcao, you've got Cuadrado, you've got all these players. And for me, I just don't feel like South Americans. We we never play well against them. I'd much rather play an African nation. No, definitely. Um, so, so are we thinking? That, yeah. Are we are we thinking that Tunisia and Panama are going to be rollovers, or do you think they're going to pose a threat? Or, you know, it should be six points. Them two games. However, we've seen yeah. before, like like when we played USA, uh, we couldn't beat them. And it's opening games; uh, they're always tough. But I mean, I, I'm personally thinking yeah. we 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 should beat Tunisia three nil. We should beat Panama four nil, and then Belgium. That'll be a you know a nice two one win. That'll do me. Um, and go through as yeah. group winners. I mean, the, the only thing that would be very the only nice. thing with Tunisia. I mean, again. Doing a bit of self-plugging, obviously, I've, I've written an England blog um, in, in the blogging section on the forum. Um, for me, I wrote it in there as well. You know, they are the highest African nation that have, you know in the FIFA rankings, which I know they're not worth a lot these FIFA rankings, but it does mean something. They have won games. Um, you know, they're, they're no mugs, Tunisia. For me, I'd be happy with a, a scrappy one nil, two one, whatever win to get that game out of the way and move on to Panama, which I do agree. I think we should be beating Panama three four nil. They have virtually nobody of note in their team. Um, and then, like you say, again, Belgium, if you get six points by the Belgium game, you know, it's a one-off, it's a cup final, see what happens. I mean, I'm quite happy that yeah. we're playing Tunisia and then Panama. I'd much Definitely. rather be doing it like that than playing Panama and then Tunisia. I just think sure. everyone would be expecting a rollover with against Panama and, you know... It's England. Anything can happen. Well, you look what's happening tonight. <laughs> Very much You look so. what's happening tonight in the Portugal-Spain game, you know. I know Spain have obviously got their problems as well documented this week, but playing that big game in the first game of the tournament where you've not even got going, you know, you could say that maybe there's a bit of lack of cohesion amongst the team and the squad. It's risky. You know, you'd much rather play, you know, sort of a, a, your medium team, then your weaker team, and then finish on a high and finish on that Belgium or that Portugal-Spain or whoever it is. And try and you know culminate and, and sort of crescendo um, into the next round. Absolutely, no, definitely. It's going to be interesting, that's for sure. Um, and hopefully Monday night we can uh, we'll watch the three lines get off to a, a roaring start. Fingers crossed. Um, fingers crossed. So obviously we'll touch back on that a little bit on the next podcast when. Uh, We'll probably know a little bit more about who's qualified from what group um, and who's going to be going through and who's going to be going when, out. When Raheem yeah, Sterling might have you know, conceded an own goal and Harry Kane got sent off a headbutt yeah. someone, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, obviously, the other event that's been on this week and obviously we look towards the, uh, the industry in the world of gaming is, of course, E3. So E3, which is of the biggest gaming expo every year and it's where all the big publishers and all the big companies so come out and talk about what they're going to be doing in the next 12 months and show us as gamers what we want to see which are the games so over the week you we saw conferences from six different companies so ea ubisoft xbox 
Bethesda, Sony, and Nintendo. Let's think about that there. Um, I saw a majority of them. Um, the only one I didn't watch was Nintendo, but I have to be really open and honest with you. I don't own a Nintendo, um, so it wasn't really a conference that I was taking much interest in. Um, I think, for me, the standout one has to be Xbox. And I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not... Let's get something off the bat and let's get something straight off. You know, because I see a lot of these console wars that go on on Twitter and you get your PS fanboys and your Xbox fanboys. And I think it's all ridiculous. I think it's a load of garbage. You know, both consoles... Um, I actually wrote up an article on uh, Absolute Xbox, which is our sister site, um, where I talked a little bit more about that. Um, but both consoles offer something that the other doesn't, and both of them offer good games. Um, obviously, being a predominant Xbox gamer, Xbox was the one I was really interested in looking forward to see, because historically, the last couple have been absolutely atrocious. So I was hoping that this year they were going to come out um, and they were going to just throw a load of games, and that's exactly what they did. Um, you know, we saw the reveal of a brand new Halo, uh, Halo Infinity, um, which we didn't get any form that. of release date or anything like that, but we got that little teaser and that little sign that we knew it was coming, um, which was really nice way to open the show. Um, Forza Horizon... Forza Horizon 4, which is being set in the UK as well, looks phenomenal. That Absolutely looks gorgeous. Amazing, doesn't it? How good does that look? It does and indeed. The fact that it's, it's I mean, set in the UK as well is awesome. Yes, I believe it's somewhere up north. I'm not quite sure whereabouts it's set yeah, in the UK. Quite disappointed with that. It's um, set in sunny Wiltshire, but you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe the next one. Maybe the next one. You can tell it's definitely a game though, because you don't see. Uh, you don't see people driving those sort of cars up the northern part of England. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they reveal the new Forza. That comes out 2nd of October. Um, and if you're an Xbox Game Pass member, then you'll get that as part of your subscription. Um, we also saw the reveal of Gears of War 5, which after a f I, I thought the segment that they did for Gears of War 5 was absolutely fantastic, where... The gears cog come on the screen. Everyone's like, yeah, 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 come on. And we got the two pop figures come out. That was... And uh, everyone's <laughs> everyone's reaction was just absolutely fantastic. Um, what we saw of the trailer of Gears of War 5 looks really, really good. Um, would appear this one focuses on the story of uh, Kate, Kate Diaz, and her backstory um, with the Locust. Obviously, if you've not played Gears of War 4, I won't say anything more on that, but I'm looking forward to seeing a little bit more uh, interesting uh, you know, details on that one. Do you know, I can't add much um, to the, uh, the but, E3 chat, but I will say I, I played the, the, uh, the last Gears of War, and for me, the story mode, I mean, I don't play many games for the story mode anymore, like a lot of people. I think a lot of people, you know, multiplayer now, online gameplay, it, it's massive. We see that with Fortnite and, and the likes of that. But for me, the story mode in Gears of War last time round, and hopefully this time round as well, it just it really grabbed my interest, you know. And I, I it was one of those things, almost like a Netflix um, series, where every single chapter in it, you just wanted to keep going and going, and you didn't want to come off it. 
and I really hope that's a feature they carry through to the next one. It was really, really good. That's for sure. Um, so they showed off that. And overall, I think, you know, Xbox come out and they also reveal five uh, five game studios that were also coming to be part of Microsoft Studios. So we were going to get some new first party content because that is always uh, that's always been the case with Xbox in that they've lacked the true first party content. Yes, it's all in well getting your Halo and your Forza and your Gears, and they've been arguably, you know, Microsoft's three biggest franchises over the last few years. But we've not had anything new, and that's where Sony do, you know, wipe the floor with Xbox in terms of being able to bring out first party exclusives and new stuff. And I'm hoping with the addition of five new studios, um, one of them being uh, Ninja Theory, who were the team that did Hellblade, which one of the best games I've played on the next on this Xbox generation. Um, if you haven't played it, wait for it to come into the sale, pick it up, stick a headset on it. It's one of the best games you'll play. Um, and it also actually picked up five BAFTA awards this year oh, as well. Beautiful. So if they can produce a game like they did with that, then they're really, really onto something. Um, but I talked a little bit about this in um, in my other article as well. Um, what really, really stood out for me was the focus on female characters in games that were coming out. So we look at Gears of War 5, which has historically always been dominated by male characters, uh, male playable characters, you know, so JD, Marcus Phoenix, uh, Dom. Um, it's really, really interesting to see them go down a, this, a different path and do something that is quite brand new um, for a Gears of War game. And that is have the lead character as, a, as Kate, as Kate Diaz. Um, I'm really, really, I think it's, it's really good that they've, um, that they're um, making it more equal, so to speak. Yeah, I think it's got to be. that doesn't just apply for Gears. I think it's got to be. I mean, having a, a female lead in a predominantly male setting is, is it, even when, when, when playing the game, it, it just, it changes it. And then obviously the female audience, because there's a lot of, female gamers there's so many now and it's getting to the point where it's not even um sort of 70 percent to 30 percent it's actually 50 50 for male and female gamers now and it's good to see that they're yeah. that they're bringing sort of female you know um leads to games no definitely um it's the same with Assassin's Creed, the new Assassin's Creed Odyssey that comes out in October. Um, you're also going to be able to play as either the male character, so the male who is called Alexios, or you're going to be able to play through the game as the female character who is called Cassandra. And both characters, regardless of which one you uh, you play as, are going to have the exact same interactions in the game with other people throughout. So the same conversations, the same relationships... Um, it gives players that option to be able to play through as either either um, gender, and again, that's a first for another series which has been predominantly male-led. You know, in terms of the characters, you know, I think um, Assassin's Creed Syndicate was the last one where we saw uh, a playable female character uh, in the Assassin's Creed games, but. 
again, it's nice to see games and developers in this day and age show equality in their titles in terms of the lead characters um, and being, be, being able to offer offer the players, you know, how they want to play their game. I think it's a really nice touch um, and I hope that more games start doing uh, start doing that going forward. No, I think that's a good point. I really and, do. And well said as well. I think, you know, like you say about the, the, the splitter gamers, you know, it's not 70-30, it's not 80-20, it is pretty much 50-50 nowadays and I think you, you need to account for that and, you know, you see it in... Um, in all sorts. I mean, you know, you've got the stereotypical, you know, back in the day, Street Fighter and Tekken, you know, the girls in the scantily clad outfits and, and things like that. And it was it was almost there as a showpiece. Whereas now, like you've said, with the Gears 5 and, and with the new Assassin's Creed as well, it's it's not a gimmick anymore. You know, it's part of the story. It's part of the key features of that game. And it's definitely something that's going in the right direction. Very much so. Very much so. Um, bring on September is all I say when it comes to E3 now and the games because that's when the first set of them hit. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be good. Uh, just looking forward to just it. to finish off, boys. I think we're nearly pretty much at time. We don't want to keep you guys much longer, but just to finish off, I mean, what do we think about um, in regards to the the auctions? Just having a quick flick through now. Um, we've got a bit of controversy in the old Leroy Firth thread um, based on whether someone's uh, bidding. 23 Scudo or 23 million Scudo. Um, bit of a. Oh dear. <laughs> and, and funnily enough, it is our friend Soggy Cabbages. Um, is the. Uh, oh, oh, which we <laughs> haven't touched on actually. <laughs> which I we have we not to touched on that as well. Should we, should we finish, should we finish on that? Well, I mean, yeah, we'll finish yeah, on well, that. Just, yes. just quickly on the auctions. Let's finish on just that. Just quickly on the auctions. Like I say, we've got uh, Leroy yeah. for if Soggy Cabbages gets him, we're looking at 23 million. Uh, we're looking at Richarlison, which uh, just as this loads now, we'll just find out for you now. Uh, big player Richarlison as well. I mean, we've got 17 million is the the winning bid on him, which 17 is 17 million, fan, million. Yeah, fantastic. Myself, a yeah, um, little bit of egg on my face. Um, I bid for Emre Moore and and Philip Max. Uh, Philip Max, big fee yeah. for man crush of mine. Uh, 26 million pound yeah. bid earlier in the day to scare people off. Uh, outbid myself up to yep. the tune of uh, 33 million, um, just Beautiful, to make sure yeah. I uh, got the player. So he's in the bag. Um, <laughs> Excellent. I think his kit number Excellent. is definitely going to have to be 33 to reflect that. And uh, then we've got the uh, yeah. Turkish youth prospect Emre Moore, which again outbid myself to the tune of four million that time, making sure that I secured the player yeah. for 22. So big, big money going. I mean. You know, the, the, for me, this absolute snip of the auction, it's someone we both touched on earlier on, Joby, before we came on live, um, was uh, the right back Vidal. Oh, yes. Who's, who's gone for six, six million. I six completely million. forgot. I mean, I got, six million. Hand is... up. I, complete, I said I was going to go up to 10. I think I've got around about 14 million left. And I said I was going to go up to 10. And do you know what? I got so enticed with this, I got completely forgot about it. I'll give you 10 million for him, Bright. <laughs> I'll give you 11 and we'll leave well that one done. there. <laughs> well done. So, um, again, well just, done. If, if, uh, just to finish off, um, in regard to the uh, the old thing we had promised from the start, the, the Soggy Camages uh, Formation Gate. Formation Gate, yeah. yeah. I mean, what... So what, are your, what, what are your opinions on it, to be honest? And what do you think, Ash? Because you're probably, you um, know, you're, again, top of the table, top of the tree. So let's see what you've got to say yeah. first. Yeah, I mean, 
I personally am. I believe you can play however you want to play. But on that note, if you play, have to play that sort of formation um, and stick that many people behind the ball, it says a lot about a player um, and the confidence in themselves. Um, which you could probably gather from that uh, from that uh, just, that little statement there that I've just said that I'm not a keen lover of uh, of that formation. Just for anyone um, that doesn't obviously know, it was. Yeah. Uh, so we got the keeper, and then in the box we've got one, two, three, four, five defenders, <laughs> and then on the edge of the box we had four midfielders with Wilfred Boney, Boney uh, you know, up top on his own. Standing so, between the goalposts, you know, basically. Leaning on the goalposts. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean me, me personally, yeah. my opinion, I'll put my opinion across. It's kind of the same as Ash. If you want to, if that's the way you want to play, that is the way you play. If that's what you want to do to get a win, that's absolutely fine with me. There's other stuff, like people were talking about cutbacks and stuff like that from previous games. If that's the way you want to play, okay, do it against me. But I'm just going to have to learn to defend it better. If that's the, if you want to go defensive, I will try and go attacking and do my best. You, if you want to win like that, that's absolutely fine. Friendlies and stuff, obviously, it doesn't happen as much. But if that's the way you want to be, <clears throat> sorry, in a league game, that for me is at, it, it's the way you play. Um, and if you, if you want to have 10 at the back, so be it, have 10 at the back. Um, it may not be an enjoyable game. It may not be someone that I want to play every day. But it's literally two games a season. So if that's what you have to do, in my opinion, do it. Well, I mean, it's... it's I, I wouldn't do it myself. I wouldn't do it myself. I wouldn't do it myself. Personally. I mean, there's certain things I don't do. I don't do short corners. I can't see the point in short corners. I'm a, league, I'm, I'm a Swindon Town fan. When we get a corner, I want that ball in the box for a, for a goal-scoring <laughs> opportunity. And I don't like short corners. And I know on FIFA you can get the short corner and then you can cross it in. But I just I like I like the ball in the box. I'm old school. Get the ball in the box. Don't yeah. get a short corner. Yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah. I mean, we should say as well, in his defence, you know, he has looked to his own defence in the thread as well, saying, you know, it was only for the last five, ten minutes of the game. So, you know, we have no evidence to back that up. You know, we saw it sort of live um, in those last 10 minutes when we checked on it. But, you know, he, he might have been playing a different formation for the rest of the game. We don't know. Me personally, I'm sort of along the same uh, lines as you, Joby, at the end of the day. Um, for me, I, it's not something I would do. Looking at my current league form, maybe I should consider it. Um, but it, it's, it's not something I would do personally. You know, I, I play the game to, to have fun. Um, I'm not particularly bothered whether whether I win or lose and, and sort of how it happens as long as I have a good time and I think doing that kind of takes the the glam off it a little bit I, you know again I think up, up to each individual person but for me it's a bit of a no-no I wouldn't do it myself also in uh, I'd like to point out Bob Bank brought up a thing about good sportsmanship and mm. unwritten rules and he, he wrote um, having never played uh, in a proper FIFA league up until last season I don't know what the unwritten laws are. I've heard a couple of times now from some of the veteran league players that, are, uh, that there are some. So what are they? For the FIFA league noobs who don't want to piss anybody off by not knowing. So would you say there's unwritten rules? I mean, me personally, I think it's probably something that could be we could probably speak about a different day because I think it is quite a big topic. But, you know, as a snippet, I think that, yeah, I think cutbacks... 
Um, I don't know. Like you say, it, at the end of the day, it's yeah, in the I mean, game. You can use it. But for me, I guess it depends. It, sometimes it leaves a sour taste in your mouth. Let's put it that way. To be fair, if I had two two attackers against the keeper, I would probably try and chip it up and like overhead kick it in or something instead of just passing it in. Do something, try and do something, or just even shoot. Don't even pass, just try and shoot and score. You know, um, one on ones, you, you should score anyway. But, you know, so what, what do you think, Ash? Yeah, very much so. Um, I mean, you'll get a lot of people that, you know, what defines a cutback for them. There's a lot of people and there's a lot of variation between that. You know, what I may class as a cutback, you might not, and vice versa. Yeah. Um, I think the the way it has gone on the site, and especially, you know, in the last few years, is that, uh, you know, you you basically play, you know, you, you're here to play against other people that want to play it and not against, you know, the randomers and ultimate team. You know, you can go and do all of that on ultimate team. Um, without any problems you know it's down to you really I mean some people will do it Um, you know some people will say yep score a penalty you know it's part of the parcel of the game which you know it it is to be fair but you'll get a lot of people that also um, that won't do it just merely out of um, out of fair play sportsmanship sportsmanship. yeah I mean I mean like like uh, the goalkeeper passing it um, out to a defender from a goal kick um, I wouldn't go and try and intercept that. I just let it go to the defender and then let them play it out. Um, same as probably whether a keeper throws it out and it goes to one of my players, I will probably score it. But from a goal kick, passing out to the centre defender, I won't go and try and intercept it. I'll just let them play it out. I think that's that's good sportsmanship. That's a good you know good way to play. But obviously, if if you intercept my one and I do it by mistake. It's my mistake, and by all means, score. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I think it's always one that's going to be. Um... Yeah, go on. Personal preference. Exactly. There's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. No. Right, I think. That's for sure. I think that pretty um, much rounds us off, doesn't it, boys? It does. I think very much so. Um, thank you very much for listening. Um, I'm sir. We have kept you for nearly an hour. I hope you've when uh, we we plan you've for enjoyed what, listening to, to our take minutes? on stuff. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. yeah so uh, maybe this is a sign of things to come. Fingers crossed. I mean, <laughs> do you know, well, we we would really appreciate as well if if anyone's actually listening. You know, maybe we're bigging ourselves up too much here. No one might be listening. But if anybody did, have a bit of hope. if anybody did consider to listen, then it would be fantastic to get some feedback. You know, what do you guys want to see in the upcoming yeah, shows? Definitely. Do you want to see a feature, a quiz? a bit more of, you know, listeners' questions, you let us know and we'll try and create yeah, something definitely. that you guys want to Ooh, hear. I like that, and, listeners' and questions. I like that idea. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, very much so. Um, we're always open to feedback, um, so please don't hesitate to put that in because it will help us make the podcast better um, and more enjoyable for you as a listener. Right, that's it, boys. So, Jam, do you want to say goodbye? Yeah, signing off. Sayonara, boys. Thanks for, uh, for a fun hour. Joby, yeah, uh, enjoyed it. Uh, it's been the first one, a first of many, I hope. And uh, yeah, cheerio. And from myself, thanks for listening and enjoy your evening or enjoy your morning whenever you may be listening to this. Cheers for listening. <laughs>